InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Online advice givers are posting videos promoting various beverages and supplements. But are they actually paid messages from giant corporations? InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco has the story. Gina? Thanks, Chris. The American Medical Association reports that companies selling dietary supplements spent an estimated 10 to $20 billion on social media influencers talking up those supplements in one year alone. Now, another study is out raising concerns about what impressions the social media users get from these and similar health and wellness posts. Joining us now is Marlene Schwartz, director of the University of Connecticut's Rudd Center for Food Policy and Health. Ms. Schwartz, how concerned are you that social media consumers might not know that their favorite influencer, such as a dietitian, could be getting paid to make a post? I am very concerned that people who see these posts don't realize that they are paid. Right now, the influencers are supposed to indicate through something like hashtag ad or sponsored that it is a paid post. But when you actually look at these posts, there's so much going on and so many messages that it's really easy to miss that. And I think most consumers don't realize that. And specifically to drill down here, are the social media influencers required to state clearly exactly who is paying them to say positive things about products? And do they? Well, they certainly are supposed to, but I would say that they don't always say exactly who is paying. They may put just a message on there saying it is a sponsored post, but sometimes you have to dig pretty hard or even ask them follow-up questions to find out who exactly is sponsoring the post. Now, some of the influencers have millions or hundreds of thousands of followers. So tell us some examples of the influencer's advice that actually contradicts decades of established advice on healthy living. Well, there were a number of influencers who were getting sponsored by sugar associations who were giving advice about letting your children have as much sugar as they want, which I think is questionable and certainly not consistent with all of the advice to try to limit the amount of added sugar in our diets. So that would be one example of where I feel like their sponsorship was really influencing what they were saying to their audience. And another, I believe, was saying it's okay to eat processed foods. Is that a recommendation that you would go along with? I think that what's complicated about processed foods is it's such a huge, broad category, but there's definitely building evidence around what they call ultra-processed foods, so foods with a lot of additives and preservatives that really don't resemble the original (laughs) ingredients at all, and there isn't really any debate that those foods are not the ones that we should be eating more of. Another category that I hinted at before is the use of supplements, and again, like you're saying, Supplements, that's a very broad category, but some of them, they don't have necessarily the proof to go along with the idea that you should use them, do they? Yeah, that's completely true. I mean, I think that decisions about supplements are really ones that should be made with your own personal healthcare professional. You should not be following advice of, you know, people that you see on TikTok. And there may be cases where supplements, specific supplements are appropriate for an individual person. But as a general rule, you're certainly much better off getting your nutrients from real food than from supplements. 
Now, tell us about a recent social media push to rebut a World Health Organization study that had discussed possible risks from an artificial sweetener aspartame. What happened after that? What was interesting after the WHO study came out is there was a very deliberate effort on the part of companies that use aspartame in their products, such as diet sodas, to try to get influencers on social media to say that aspartame was completely safe. And I think that that was probably one of the most egregious examples of where there was a funded campaign that was effectively a funded marketing campaign, but it was disguised as professionals giving professional advice to their audience. And these influencers, they really went on the attack, didn't they? Didn't one of them call the WHO warnings clickbait? (laughs) Yes, I did see that, which is interesting. I mean, Finding the relationships between particular chemicals, you know, we all eat so many different things and the research to really draw a line between specific chemicals and specific health consequences is often difficult and takes many, many years of research, but I certainly trust the WHO's recommendations. We're visiting with Marlene Schwartz, director of the University of Connecticut's Rudd Center for Food Policy and Health. This concerns social media influencers taking money from corporations and then delivering friendly messages about the company's products. Ms. Schwartz, how concerned are you that social media users' health is at risk with some of these posts? I am really concerned about the health impact of these messages because I think that what happens when people follow influencers on social media, they develop what's known as a parasocial relationship. They sort of feel like this is like my friend, this is, you know, someone who I might know, and they tend to really take what they say very seriously and are very influenced by it, and I think that that's a big concern. They don't have the level of skepticism that you might have if you really knew you were watching a commercial. And in fairness to the influencers, they claim that they're never told what to say or exactly how to say it. But do you believe the money they receive has no effect on their messaging? I think that money always has an effect on messaging. We did a study back in 2007 when we were starting to really document the negative impact of sugary drinks on health. And we looked at all of the published research at that point that had connected soda and other sugary drinks to various health outcomes. And one of the variables we looked at was who funded the study. So this is not new behavior on the part of the food industry. The American Beverage Association and other groups like that have for a long time been in the business of funding experts to give their messages. And we found that the studies funded by the industry found significantly lower effects, negative effects of sugary drinks than the ones that were not funded by the industry. So I've felt this for a while. Does the Federal Trade Commission have the power and the resources to crack down on influencers for not revealing their payments from the brands that they talk favorably about? I think it's nearly an impossible task to monitor everything that's going up on social media. I mean, you can just imagine how much there is and how many people are doing this. So I think they can set their policies and they can try to monitor it. And consumers or, you know, people can try to keep track and report things that they see. But it's a huge, huge task to try to monitor every single post on TikTok or Instagram to make sure that they're revealing their sponsorship clearly. And finally, should primary care physicians be trained specifically to ask patients if they're getting medical advice from social media influencers to find out if the patients are taking unproven supplements? 
I think it would be really helpful if doctors could talk to their patients about that sort of thing and to certainly encourage our patients to ask them questions directly instead of going to social media influencers for dietary advice. Marlene Schwartz, director of the University of Connecticut's Rudd Center for Food and Policy and Health. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.